You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Got a fantastic show for you lined up today. Ben Solak of the Draft Network, Locked On NFL Draft. Joining me today, he has charted all of the quarterbacks the 49ers are looking at at pick three. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. What's the real story from someone who's charted every throw? Accuracy, timing, going through reads, all the things we've been talking about with these quarterbacks. He charted these things, so let's find out right now at bd peacock on twitter is where you can find me get those questions in for tomorrow's winky wednesday or for any old episode throughout the off season gonna try to dip into the mailbag on most of the shows not gonna have time to do it today because i want to get as much of that info from mr solak as possible so let's bring on today's guest ben solak you know him from the locked on nfl draft podcast right here on the network and of course an analyst at thedraftnetwork.com. Some very, very interesting stuff as of late, Benjamin, on your uh, Twitter account, at Benjamin Solak, by the way, and at thedraftnetwork.com. 49ers fans, as you know, going crazy over here, trying to figure out what the Niners are doing at pick number three. Maybe you could make things a little bit easier here, take some guesswork out of it with some of the charting and the work you've done recently. So I'm excited to talk to you about these quarterbacks right now. Appreciate you joining me today. Yeah, no, there's no team more interesting than the Niners and no no quarterback situation more interesting. Goes hand in hand. And so when we try to figure out what's going to happen come draft day, three is kind of the the first domino to fall. So as best as we can figure it out is what we're trying to do. Absolutely. And depending on which quarterback the Niners take, maybe a team likes or doesn't like the quarterbacks that are left, that could create some trade action with the rest of the, the first round. And we're going to learn a lot about who these teams actually like. Um, I want to start with... Hmm, which, I don't even know which direction to go here. What was? Let, let's just start with the big picture thing. Doing charting and looking at these quarterbacks. What was your big takeaway when you looked at all these quarterbacks and when you start stacking them up and you start not even looking at them for the 49ers or as far as the number three pick in the draft? What were your big takeaway with these quarterbacks when you started charting these guys and you really got into them deep for the 2021 draft? It's a uh, it's a legit class. Like I think every year we're like there could be four starters in this class, and there never is, right? Uh, even that that 2018 class, which had five first round quarterbacks, as we expect this class to. Uh, you have Josh Allen who's a starter. You have Lamar Jackson who's a starter, uh, and then you have Baker Mayfield who's a, a quality player, a starter as well. You got three. Uh, Carolina's really hoping that Darnold can be four, uh, but I'm not too sold on that. And then obviously Rosen missed. Uh, Allen and Lamar are really high level starters, top eight, top 10 quarterbacks right now in the league. Uh, and then I think Baker is, is more so a, a next tier down. Uh, so that class, even then, like, you know, oh, five first round quarterbacks going to be amazing. Uh, you know, we got like 3.5. Uh, that's probably what we'll end up getting out of this class because somebody will always bust and so on and so forth. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields have as strong of profiles, both off of my just scouting eye and then off of charting as I can remember. Uh, Zach Wilson, while he has his warts, uh, to me projects to be a solid pro. And then Trey Lance is just nuts good. It's just how certain can you be that what you see in college over one year at the FCS level is actually going to happen in the league and kind of how are you going to develop him? How are you going to suss him out? So on and so forth. And so uh, I we've got a we've got five quarterbacks shooting on the first round and Mac Jones. Mac Jones is, is, is good for what he is. Uh, I think we're going to get like we did in that 2018 class, three plus starters 
uh, I should say three starters, potentially more, two guys who I think really could potentially be high-level league quarterbacks. That's uh, Lawrence and Fields. And then beyond that, hopefully guys who continue to, to take starting jobs and roll because the new era, this new generation of young quarterbacks, this class is going to be a big part of that. That's very interesting. So Mac Jones projects as a really solid backup to Josh Rosen in San Francisco is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> they would both be, uh, it would be interesting if both of them were the worst to come out of those classes, tell you a lot about what it means to play in the pocket versus not play in the pocket. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Um, so uh, a lot to take away from what you've already said there. And uh, I- I'm not surprised that that's how you're looking at them right now. And I think to me, like just playing the draft game, you've covered the draft for a while. I've covered the draft for a long time and, and I know it's lying season. And to me, it's eerily quiet when it comes to Justin Fields because nobody's connected to Justin Fields at all. And that is super wild. So to me, that either means that teams actually really don't like him that much. And there was that rumor that some anonymous scout or some team source said that they have a fourth round grade on Justin Fields. So to me, it's either he's the slam dunk third pick right now or might even surprise people and go two to the Jets, which I don't think is going to happen. Or maybe he does slip and he's still on the board when the 49ers would have originally been on the clock at pick 12. Do you do you have a vibe there with which way teams are actually going here? I would be like just legitimately stunned if there isn't at least one team who needs a quarterback who has not talked themselves into Justin Fields, right? Like that's the lowest bar possible. And even then, if 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 the league as a whole is just like, you know what? No, nah, we're going to let this guy fall to the teens. That's just I, I would be bamboozled. And it's not even like a Patrick Mahomes thing. It's like, oh, Mahomes fell, fell to, to 10, 12. Deshaun, right? Like, you know, they, oh, those guys. It's not even like a Mahomes thing because Mahomes was so raw and it was, oh, you know, is he going to chill out in the league? Is he going to be able to avoid turnover plays? Like so on and so forth. Fields looks a lot more like the sort of quarterback that the league typically falls for and typically values. He hangs in the pocket and he goes through his progressions. The league doesn't seem to think he goes through his progressions, but he does. Uh, He has the 4-4 speed and the 230-pound frame, but he doesn't even, like, use it all that much. He, if anything, could run more and not run less. Uh, and so it's it's the sort of quarterback that typically you see the league really go for. And so I think that, right, Fields is going to go top six, right, top seven. I think if the Niners don't take him at three, then somebody's trading up to go get him. I don't see how that isn't at least the case for Fields. Beyond that, to me, this would be the sort of player for whom uh, teams would clamor, sort of player for whom teams would contend with one another. And that's why I think – when you look at the Niners trading up to three, all of our instincts as analysts, despite what we're hearing from plugged in guys, is they didn't do this for Mac. They did this for Fields because Fields is that guy. Fields has that profile, multi-year starter, Ohio State, made it to a national championship. He's the most accurate quarterback I've charted in the last five years. Derek Klassen of Roto World, who charts, he's the most accurate quarterback Klassen charted over the last five years. Like This is the guy. This is who you'd go get. Uh, and so to me, I, I, I'm with you. I expect him to be the early guy, and I agree. The way that the league is talking about him and the lack of like one clear team that we've been given, it's like, oh, they really love him, indicates to me that that no one, while no one really knows where he's going to go, it's a bit of a, a cloak and dagger game in the shadows right now to hopefully get him to fall somewhere, not fall somewhere, so on and so forth. I, I expect him to be prioritized by at least some team, and that team will be very, very lucky. It feels like maybe some over analysis, too, with Justin Fields and a little bit even like what we saw with Justin Herbert last year. And he'll show up in the league and be like, oh, yeah, big, strong, fast, ridiculously talented, accurate, can throw the ball over the field. You got to cover every square inch of grass. Uh, That's going to end up being a really good quarterback, especially if he gets in the right team in the right system. So I'm going to ask you in a minute about that system fit with the 49ers, more with Ben Solak on Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Trey Lance coming up. 
looking at the latest NFL draft props released at betonline.ag. My opinion would be wise to get in on this uh, Justin Fields 5-1 to action at the third overall selection. Mac Jones favored there, no surprise. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson favored at pick 1-2. and two. First defensive player selected, Patrick Sertain. But you could get some better odds on Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, J.C. Horn, Micah Parsons, maybe. Could Rashawn Slater usurp Penny Sewell and become the first offensive lineman selection? What about running backs and wide receivers? You can find those props and more over-unders when all these prospects will be selected at betonline.ag. Major League Baseball, Masters Weekend, NBA, NHL, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can Imagine, go to the website now, use promo code Locked On to sign up and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Ben, when it comes to Justin Fields, the big knock on him, and you, you mentioned it a little bit there, was the either slow processing or no processing when it comes to Justin Fields. So what did you see on that front with him as a quarterback prospect? Yeah, the discussion around quarterback processing and you can hear me like putting my hands over my face in front of the mic as I talk so it's it's exhausting um uh, it's missing the forest from for the trees uh quarterback processing is important in that it allows the quarterback to uh after the ball is snapped go to the primary read the read that he's decided pre-snap will be his primary look acknowledge that it is not open it is not available it's not what he wanted and subsequently make a, a secondary decision while the post snap bullets are flying while there's pass rushes and blitzers and coverage rotation uh justin fields this is not the strongest part of his game uh coverage rotation safety rotation will bite him uh did so against indiana a lot yeah. in that that tricky game none of his interceptions were the result of coverage rotation but took a lot of sacks had to make some scramble plays that that's what we were looking at there uh so it's not the strongest aspect of his game uh that processing that that, that ability like i said get off the first read and expediently move to the next decision requires a uh, uh, immediate recognition of when the first read is covered. And it's another area in which it's not the strongest part of Fields game. Uh, the Ohio State offense was very first read reliant, was very first read heavy. Uh, they give their outside receivers a lot of leeway to work into different parts of the route tree, to read coverage in their route tree and then break different ways. You got Chris Olave on the outside. If he gets stacked up field, he can go to a deep comeback. If he wins the release offline of scrimmage, he can go to a nine ball. Like it's going to change. So Fields has to watch that and read that and, before he can understand whether or not it's going to be covered. So these are all truths. No quarterback that has ever come out in the history of college football has been good at this. None. Lawrence isn't good at this. Uh, Zach Wilson's not good at this. Mac Jones is definitely not good at this. Mac Jones hates coming off his first read. Uh, okay, I didn't okay. watch Andrew Luck. I can just, I'm just going to guess that Andrew Luck wasn't good at this because I've never seen a quarterback be good at this. You, When you're a good college quarterback, you don't get beat off your first read because you can pretty much make all the throws uh college offenses also are very first read reliant we're going to split the field in half we're going to give you a, a leverage look and we're just going to ask you to throw it we're, colleges don't have good offensive tackle talent they can't have quarterbacks sitting back there and going through their reads uh the the hashes are wider in college which means you have more room when you throw to the field side of the wide side of the field it's harder for you to cover that space you can make leverage throws more easily especially because the defense doesn't have nfl caliber athletes and so there's no no quarterback's ever been good at this, right? When they came out, this has always been a projection. And 
the league has, for the last 10, 15 years, been trying to find Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's and Drew Brees's and Phillip Rivers's and Eli Manning's and all these pocket-passing West Coast quarterbacks, and they've regularly, consistently failed. They drive the Matt Liner, top 10. Did not go well. You know what I mean? Like They, they, they were going after this pocket passer mold, and, and over the last few seasons have finally seemed to have started to realize we're just not going to be able to find this guy at the college level. Not with the way college offenses are played, not with the time that's put into developing quarterbacks at the college level. They're, we're not going to be able to find these players. We're going to have to develop them in-house. The alternative, the other hand, is – let's just get a guy who makes a lot of plays. I mean, if we're, if we're, if we're going to have to develop a processor regardless, let's not develop a guy who already hangs out in the pocket. Let's not develop a guy who already, you know, is trying to get to his check down. Let's take a Zach Wilson, who's just absolutely bonkers throwing on the move. And let's, work on him uh, with his progression and work on him from the pocket and try to use our scheme to open up his first read. Let's take a Trevor Lawrence who ran like a RPO exclusive screen, exclusive offense at Clemson, but has an arm like you wouldn't believe as long strides, just incredible natural gifted thrower. And let's, teach him how to go through progression. So we're going to draft this natural talent. And that's what you saw in the Josh Allen picks, which you saw in a Patrick Mahomes pick. And these players have been successful for their teams. And so fields processing is not the strength of his game. It's not the strength of any quarterback's game that's come out. Uh, if it is the strength of your game, it probably means you don't have a lot of good traits otherwhere, uh, elsewise. Fields is the most accurate passer in this class. Uh, and he also runs a 4-4-2-30. Uh, and so if you're talking about a guy who's going, if you can open up your first read in your offense, like Kyle Shanahan can, in this class, the quarterback who right now can most reliably deliver that ball to the first read at a catchable location that maximizes yards after the catch, that protects the court, the receiver from being hit, protects the ball from interceptions. Right now, players Fields. It's not even Lawrence. It's Fields. Uh, and so to me, when we talk about, oh, Fields doesn't get beyond his first read. Yeah, he's also like unbelievably good. So why do we care about this right now? This is something that all college quarterbacks are going to deal with and struggle with. Let's focus on what a player does well and how it's going to work in the league. And specifically for Kyle Shanahan, it would work unbelievably well. And how much of that was Ohio State's offense with some option routes and some just longer developing routes and him needing to stick on that play and actually making the right read, even though it was the first read and connecting on that ridiculous throw down the field? A lot of it was, uh, that definitely is there. Like I said, they're going to run those option routes. So Fields is going to th- uh, three-step drop and hitch, and he's going to read that that route. He's just going to be bird-dogging it. Fields also, like I said, three-step drop and hitch, and I, I balked because sometimes Fields went three-step. He would just like one step and stand there. And that goes to what I talk about with Fields' arrogance. Uh, he's a really, really talented player. And the problem with really talented players in college is that they develop bad habits because they can get away with it. Uh, and so Fields doesn't have great like drop footwork timing. I would not call him right now a very good quick game passer because he doesn't go like Mac Jones always like three step hitch, drop, drop, uh, you know, plant foot, turn, release, perfect timing. No, like this is like West Coast offense idealism here. Phil just doesn't do this because he never got burned for it. You know what I mean? There was no reason to throw a slant with three step timing anticipation because he could just watch it on cover and then fit the ball into a window the size of the football and regularly complete the pass. So because you don't, you don't get hurt for it because you're so talented and your receivers are so talented, you're playing in the Big Ten, uh, he's, he's got these bad habits that you'd like to see him grow out of. Uh, and so the there's arrogance there with Fields where he feels, you know what, even if I stare down this first read and I tell the safety I'm throwing it, I can just out-throw the safety. He, and he, he did it a lot. You know what I mean? The entire Rutgers game, Rutgers is sitting in cover too, and he's like, I'm just going to throw backside nine balls and beat the safety every single time, which is not even real. Like, you shouldn't be able to do that. That just doesn't make sense on a chalkboard. Um, but he can do it because he's an unbelievable deep ball and throws the ball with great velocity, great pace when he's throwing down the field. 
Uh, and so there's some of it that's Ohio State offense, but like in that Kyle Shanahan offense, you know, Shanahan will be like, all right, like, you know, we're going to run this wide zone. We're going to boot action. And this, this 15 yard dig is going to be open. Fields is going to say, okay. And then he's going to drop back. He's going to stare the 15 yard dig. He's going to throw it. He's going to get picked off because he's a rookie. And that's what rookies do. You know what I mean? Like this goes back to all rookies are bad processors. This idea that uh, he's going to make rookie mistakes because the level of competition is going to increase. But you expect to be able to get that out of him because he's a hard worker, because he's developed over the last couple of years in a lot of different ways. Like this is the sort of, of dude and the sort of quarterback profile that you invest in and you do the work on. So if you were someone who never watched these quarterback prospects play and just sort of listened to what's going on and uh, the narrative around these guys and, and read a few things, you would think that Mac Jones is like related to the Manning family somehow. And he's just like, you know, right. ultimate pocket passer, super accurate, processes super fast. And when you did your charting, uh, and uh, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, it's just, and even me, the first time I watched Mac Jones, like, oh, well, Kyle Shanahan's going to like this guy. But that was when I thought he was going to be there at pick 43 in a second round draft pick and not trading up to get the guy at at number three overall. So that's partially, you know, unfortunate for Mac Jones that he's getting sort of thrown under the bus here and, and fans are starting to hate him because he's being pushed up and hyped up to this level. But when it comes to Mac Jones, processing accuracy and those things, maybe they're not quite as high of a level as a lot of people made it out to be. Accuracy? Yes. Uh, Justin Fields is the most accurate pass in this class. Mac Jones is second. Uh, and, and when I talk about accuracy in terms of how I, I chart quarterbacks, accuracy means to me, do you put the ball in a catchable location? When you when you threw the ball, can the wide receiver catch it? Because at the end of the day, if I'm looking at quarterback prospects before anything else, do you throw a catchable football? If you don't, we're not, it's not a conversation. I don't care about anything else. So Mac Jones was a very catchable football. Uh, I think it was it was he scored like a 95 percent. Right. So 19 out of 20 passes. That ball was able to be caught. Great news. Ball placement, you know, when we take accuracy and we start to get more specific with it, you know, you can throw a catchable football by underthrowing a vertical route and making the wide receiver stop, turn around and wait for it. It's still catchable, but it's not an accurate ball. So when we talk about actual measurable ball placement, uh, are you protecting the receiver from hits, right? Are you leading him into contact? Or are you pulling him away from it? Are you maximizing yak? You know what I mean? Five yard curl route receiver doesn't know who's behind him. You got to put the ball on a certain shoulder to make him turn a certain way so that he can get upfield and get away from the nearest defender. So you maximizing yak. Are you hitting a receiver in stride? Are you forcing him to jump? Mac Jones to a lot of crossing routes. A lot of times those receivers have to stop or have to jump and it affects your stride, your ability to go turn around and get yak. Are you protecting the ball from being played on? Are you throwing it where only your receiver can get it or are you putting it in jump ball situations where a good defensive back can be able to make a play? So once we start really getting into the weeds of accuracy and understanding what each throw requires of a quarterback in terms of ideal ball placement, that's where Mac doesn't really hold up as much. Uh, he's still quite fine, but it's it's – more so now, all right, there's the Fields and there's the Lawrence and then there's the Wilsons and then there's the Mac Joneses of the world. Uh, he's not at a Kyle Trask level. You know what I mean? He's not like at a Davis Mills level at a Florida, out of Stanford, where it's like, all right, these guys throw a catchable football, but these guys can be really scattershot. They don't have every throw in their quiver. I think Jones throws with really good anticipation and he has every throw in his quiver. He's a better deep ball passer than you expect through a player of his arm strength. So his accuracy and even his ball placement are like generally impressive for what you expect. But once we start talking about top 10 quarterbacks and the rest of this top tier of the quarterback class with whom he's going to be drafted, uh, he doesn't hold up as strongly. So very catchable football. And yeah, if you're a Shanahan team that expects people to open guys up easily, that's that, that's great. You know what I mean? That, that All you need is throw catchable football. Uh, when we start getting to the more serious throws, start getting you know to, to parse some hairs to really rank these guys, that's where Max starts to lose his step.
Okay, a little bit more on that coming up with Mac Jones. We'll talk Trey Lance as well, and then we'll see how Ben feels about these prospects when you put them together. The best fit at pick three, who he thinks the Niners will take, who he would take, which could be different things. Next. A big reason to repair and maintain your vehicle is to save money. And because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account Log in. Just go head over to rockauto.com. The website is super easy to use. Find whatever you need for any, and I mean any, make or model of car or truck. rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers for 20 years online. They have everything you need. Tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, small parts, big parts, aftermarket kits, whatever you need to get your car looking and performing. It's best get everything you need in a few easy clicks and get it delivered directly to your door go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so i'm looking at your chart here that you're referencing with accuracy and then placement and mac jones goes from the second most accurate of the top five quarterbacks in this class to the least accurate with the the placement and Justin right. fields at the top of both of those categories trey lance though where does he come in with the accuracy thing i know we don't have a huge sample size here is there enough of a sample with his big arm his size his athleticism to say oh man this guy i can see it with him or do you have to squint really hard to spend that high of a draft pick on a on a prospect like Trey Lance? I want to say like, yes and no. Uh, so the, the, the chart you're looking at, right. Is the throws beyond the first read for, Oh no, 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 it's not. It's the full chart. Please excuse me. Um, but that the thing with Trey Lance is that not only because of how limited of a sample we have and because of the opponents that he faced, right. The caliber of competition, but also because of the nature of that offense where he was very much so used as a dual threat quarterback. It is tough to say like, this is exactly how accurate he is. He threw from the move a lot. Uh, cause they boot him out a ton. Uh, they ran like leak 10 bajillion times a game. Kyle Shanahan must've loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's throwing into like wide open windows across his body. Just not the typical throws you see there's not like you know all right nfl throws like where's the 10 yard speed out it's like it's, he doesn't really throw that in this offense he doesn't really need to um the other thing that's tricky is inevitably wide receiver talent changes the way that we view quarterback accuracy right when the ball leaves quarterback's hand split second not me not you not kyle shanahan not roger goodell not nobody in the nfl can tell you if that ball is going to be accurate or not doesn't matter if it's a two-yard throw you know the moment it leaves his hand you don't know yet uh, and then when it arrives, the receiver, if he's a good receiver, has made adjustments to the football. Uh, he's battled, he's jockeyed for for positioning on, on a downfield throw. He's modulated his speed, acceleration or deceleration, for the ball to hit him in stride. Uh, the talent that Alabama had at wide receiver makes Mac Jones more accurate because it increases his margin for error. So just from a visual, when we're when I'm charting perspective, Mac Jones can get away with a little bit more and I won't notice it because Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle made him right. Same thing is true for Justin Fields with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Trey Lance then got talent at wide receiver. Uh, they, they didn't necessarily have, they had good pass catchers for the FCS level, but it's not the same. 
And so his margin for error is smaller because he's throwing to Phoenix Sproles, the cousin of Darren Sproles, like five, six. You know what I mean? That changes the, the, the throw box a little bit in terms of where you can put an accurate football down the field. Uh, and so it's very hard to say with confidence, Trey Lance is this accurate relative to the rest of the guys. What I will say is this, uh, when he was inaccurate, it was easy to see what in the throwing motion caused it. And his mechanics were inconsistent in 2019. He has since had his first ever private quarterback coaching in 2020 with Quincy Avery. Uh, and from what we've seen of him throwing since then has improved his uh, release, which was a little bit janky, a little over the top. Uh, that seems to have been shortened up. The elbow is coming through at a better spot, which you like to see. Uh, and, you know, he had his one throwing pro day where he looked just fine. He's going to have a second throwing pro day where it's a pro day, but he looks just fine. Uh, there's reason to believe that he will get more accurate and is already sufficiently accurate. Uh, so accuracy, I know like just the general catch-all accuracy of Trey Lance is of concern to some people. It's not a, of concern to me. And even if it's not the best in this class, Lance is the best runner in this class, bar none. Uh, and so if Shanahan wants pocket passer, same offense here with Garoppolo, that doesn't really matter. Uh, if Shanahan wants to start pulling in some RG3 ideas from back in Washington, that does. Uh, and when we talk about margin for error, if you're going to be a little bit less accurate as a quarterback, but also you add a number to the running game, those scales across the course of a season start to balance out a little bit. And the plays you might leave on the field as a thrower, you start to pick back up as a runner. So I know Mac Jones is not super athletic and, and he wasn't great out of the pocket and he's not going to make a ton of plays with his legs, but he can operate within the pocket and, and maybe even doesn't get credit for being somewhat athletic and not completely as stiff, I guess, in some cases. But compared to these guys, you know, there's <laughs> there's a huge difference. Um, but just as far as operating in the pocket, like let's say um, Fields and Lance had a, a hip condition that didn't allow them to run fast anymore. So they just had to become pure pocket passers. How would they look at the NFL level if you took the threat of the run away and they were able to just be regularly athletic, slowish quarterbacks? So I think Fields would still be nuts good because uh, Fields is a pocket passer to Ohio State. Uh, you know, he he did stuff outside the pocket and they booted him uh, the same way that 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 Cal Shanahan boots quarterbacks. And Shanahan likes to boot immobile guys because you, you as a defense don't think he will. And then he does. And you're like, oh, shoot, we forgot. Uh, and then you don't view him as a threat to run, and that lets him pick up little six-yard scampers, you know what I mean? Versus, like, if you have a Justin Fields back there and you boot him, the teams, the defenses that prepare for you are going to be like, all right, we got to handle this guy. Like, because if he gets outside the tackle box, he's a legit threat. Uh, so Ohio State ran him on boots. They ran him on sprint outs. Uh, but generally, Fields, when talking about arrogance, would hang in the pocket, and there'd be a blitz coming. He'd be like, oh, I can deal with this. Uh, so he would sit in there, and he would take it. He would, you know, he took in Indiana safety, 210 pounds, coming at full speed, just bounced him off his shoulder, didn't even fall down. You know what I mean? Like defensive tackles get early rushes on him. He tries to big Ben Roethlisberger sidestep and let him slide off him. You know, so he really likes to hang in the pocket and has been successful working it. That Alabama game, the national championship, uh, they were. Constant pressure, big advantage for the Alabama D line over the Ohio State offensive line. Fields out there getting to a second read, getting to his third read, taking hits, delivering accurate footballs. You know, so this is this is he's he's got that checked. Lance, it's a little bit different um, because North Dakota State very much so ran their drop back passing game on third down. Right, if it was they were thrown on first down, second down, it was going to be with play action. Uh, it was going to be with boot action. And so you as as like all right, he's lined up in shotgun. It's third and eight. 
it was only when North Dakota State was forced into those situations. With that said, uh, Lance has been a good quick game passer. I think he's got a good pre-snap command line of scrimmage, understands what's going to open for him on what side of the field against which leverage, which is going to be good for Shanahan. Shanahan's really liked the quick game over the last couple of years with Garoppolo. So if he's going to keep that offense the same, Lance will be successful there. And you've seen Lance manage the pocket as well. It was a great throw against South Dakota State. I think it's my favorite throw he ever made where he's got a free rushing safety and he just eats it in the teeth and throws a third and 10 dot over the middle of the field. And you're just like, God dang it. That's NFL right there. Like that's what we're talking about. Uh, and so there are the flashes. It's just, again, we're dealing with a guy who uh, he averaged 18 passes a game. I think it was in his, his yeah. uh, 2019 season, you know, he didn't have to do the work that he put, have to put out the same body of work that fields did. And so you, you see the flashes, but you can't say with the same degree of confidence as you can with a guy like Justin Fields. Yeah, I think what they they both have 17 starts, right? Trey Lance and Mac Jones, and Mac Jones has twice as many pass attempts right. as uh, as Trey Lance does. Um, and the other thing that that I love about Lance is you get to see him under center. You know, you get to see him with a fullback. You get to see him huddling up, and and you know he's making calls at the line of scrimmage. It seems like they put a lot on him, but at the same time, it's like man, okay, that was two years ago. And you don't want to overrate when he had 371 career dropbacks. You don't want to overrate just 100 total dropbacks, right? They're going to get that mm-hmm. in one preseason in the NFL. So you have to project some of that with some of the other guys. And that's what makes this whole thing so difficult with Trey Lance is you love the prospect, but there's so much projection involved that it makes it very dicey for me at pick number three. And it sounds like, Ben, that you would pretty clearly be taking Justin Fields if you were the 49ers at number three, and you might even be taking Justin Fields if you were the New York Jets at number two? Yeah, if I were two I, the Jets, I'd take Fields. If I was three, the Niners, I'd take Fields. Uh, if it was Wilson, Lance, and Jones, I'd take Wilson. Uh, it's it like it, it just boils down to degrees of confidence, right? Like for as much as you may like Trey Lance, how confident can you be in, as we've talked about the sample size and the, the, the style of offense and the, the level of competition, as opposed to a guy like Justin Fields. So you'd have to like Lance so much more to really feel confident about that. Uh, after I did the work, I really sat down. And I was like, what is, what is this telling me? And I, I feel like the chance of Lance is better than we're kind of realizing. Uh, I, I could see, especially with the whole like, oh, Garoppolo is going to stay. You know, you give mm-hmm. him time. You have the arc. I think it's, it's, it's the ability to throw in the quick game that's so impressive to me. Uh, as people have noted, you know, Shanahan was more deep game oriented in San Francisco. Maybe he wants to get back to that. Lance is a really good deep passer too. I just think he's stronger in the quick game than Fields is right now. Uh, and so uh, I know the books have it. It's like, it's like minus 150 Mac plus 125 plus 150 fields and like plus 450-ish Lance, mm-hmm. something like that I, I saw recently. Uh, I think it should be generally closer between the three because uh, Mac still seems like a legit chance. But uh, as I look at it, I would be taking fields and I would be running away because I'd be certain the police were chasing after me. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is Benjamin Solak. You can find him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. You can find his work at Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You can find his work at thedraftnetwork.com. And you also hear him as part of our ultimate mock draft here on the network that's coming up next week as well. It's always a huge event that I will be uh, partly co-hosting there with Matt Williamson. It's going to be so much fun. And uh, this draft season is going to be nuts. It's a huge draft, maybe one of the most important drafts in the history of the San Francisco 49ers franchise, Ben. So I appreciate you coming on the show and breaking this all down for us. No, of course, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I uh, wish you good quarterbacking for the next 10 plus years. 
Fantastic stuff. Thanks again to Ben. You can find all of his work and you can see this in written form and there's a lot more there. So go to thedraftnetwork.com. You can see all the graphs and, and see his charting and, and see the conclusions he came to looking at these quarterbacks and specifically looking at the fit and trying to guess what the 49ers might be doing here at pick number three. We'll see how things go with the Niners finishing their evaluations, going to those pro days for Fields and Lance this week, and then putting the final touches on their 2021 draft board tomorrow, Winky Wednesday, right here, Locked On 49ers.